And secondly, a reading from the 11th chapter of the Gospel of John, which finds Jesus coming to the home of Mary and Martha, the sisters of a man named Lazarus, who had died. When Mary came where Jesus was and saw him, she knelt at his feet and said to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping, and the Jews who came with her also weeping, he was greatly disturbed in spirit and deeply moved. He said, Where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. Jesus began to weep. So the Jews said, see how he loved them. But some of them said, could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man have kept this man from dying? Then Jesus, again greatly disturbed, came to the tomb. It was a cave, and a stone was lying against it. Jesus said, take away the stone. Martha, the sister of the dead man, said to him, Lord, already there is a stench, because he has been dead four days. Jesus said to her, Did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? So they took away the stone. And Jesus looked upward and said, Father, I thank you for having heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I have said this for the sake of the crowd standing here, so that they may believe that you sent me. When he had said this, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out, his hands and feet bound with strips of cloth and his face wrapped in a cloth. Jesus said to him, Jesus said to them, unbind him and let him go. May God bless our understanding of these sacred texts. Will you pray with me? May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. It's hard to follow that, so I'm going to begin with a story about a plate of brownies. It is a true story, recounted by a woman whose husband was killed in a car accident. Not a full hour after she had received the news of her husband's death, someone knocked on the door. It was a traveling evangelist holding out a religious tract. Have you heard the good news? The man asked. She slammed the door. Not to commend rudeness, but if there was ever a time to slam the door, that was it. Moments later, there was another knock on the door. The woman recalls this time it was an elderly neighbor pot holders and a pan of brownies in her hands, tears rolling down her cheeks. That pan of brownies was the leading edge of a tsunami of food 
that came to my children and me. A wave that did not recede for many months after my husband's death. She recalls, I did not know that my house would be cleaned and the laundry done, that I would have embraces and listening ears, that I would not be abandoned to do the labor of mourning alone. All I knew was that my neighbor was standing on the front stoop with her brownies and her tears. She was the good news. And if a neighbor bearing tears and brownies is the good news, then this community of faith is incredibly rich in the gospel. In the past months and years, how many plates of brownies have been served? How many cups of coffee poured by a neighbor with tears in her eyes? Every year, it almost takes your breath away. The names are read, the bell is tolled, and the sanctuary is saturated with grief and love. And we know that the dear church members who have died in the last year are far from the only loved ones whose losses we mourn. To live is to sustain loss, loss after loss. This isn't to say this life is without joy, quite the opposite. Those losses wouldn't hurt so very much if we didn't also know such great joy. But our capacity for joy is matched by our capacity for grief. You don't get one without the other. I've said before that just as every Sunday is an echo of Easter, every Memorial Sunday is an echo of a memorial service. Memorial Sunday is an enormous memorial service, one held not in the memory of one dearly departed soul, but every single dearly departed soul that ever lived. The Memorial Sunday Sermon is a sort of eulogy for all the saints who from their labor rest. I can't help but meditate on the memorials I have led in my nearly 15 years as a minister. I think about the times I've stood before stricken families, acutely aware of my utter lack of answers to the questions that arise in times of loss. Grasping for the words of hope I had been charged to share. I tell people what I believe to be true. God does not cause death or stand by idly allowing it to happen. Some people find great comfort in the thought that everything happens for a reason or perhaps that everything happens because God orchestrates every moment, every movement. I do not. But where is God in times of loss and grief? Right there. Weeping with those who mourn. And one of the reasons I believe this is on account of that strange story from the Gospel of John 
Jesus was on his way to the home of that sick friend, and he doesn't get there in time. Lazarus dies. It is a bitter and tragic loss. And what does Jesus do when he arrives at the home? He weeps. Jesus weeps. God does not abandon us to do the labor of mourning alone. Now maybe this isn't quite good enough. Maybe the thought of a God who mourns with us, but whose purpose is not actually to prevent loss and even tragedy, is frustrating. Sometimes I would gladly exchange the weeping God for the superhero God who swoops down and rewinds the tape and makes everything right. But what we have instead are hearts that break time and time again. What we have instead is a broken-hearted God who makes remarkable promises. Our broken-hearted God promises that neither death nor life, nor angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ. That is a remarkable promise. Death does not have the final word, though it may seem so for a time. After Jesus dried the tears from his eyes, he raised that dead man to new life a sign of what is to come. And that is where I wholeheartedly believe this whole thing is going. I believe in life everlasting. I believe that the promise of our broken-hearted God that death will be no more, that one day there will be no more mourning or crying or pain. I believe that even as we are embraced in our grief, the loved ones for whom we grieve are embraced in God's eternity. I believe in something far more radical than the notion that everything happens for a reason. I believe in resurrection. Even this Memorial Sunday is an echo of Easter. Christ is risen, and this good news is indeed the best news. So yes, for now there is grief. For now there are tears and the tolling of too many bells and too many weekends that find us munching on brownies in Plymouth Hall. For now our Memorial Sunday is a solemn affair. But we shall not lose heart. We shall not grieve as those without hope. The God who weeps will wipe every tear from our eyes. The saints for whom we grieve are at peace. Thanks be to God. Amen.